Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G Built Right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, college hockey fans. It's Wednesday night, so it must be club hockey night. And uh, we are uh, broadcasting live. I am in beautiful Loveland, Colorado. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, is uh, up in Las Vegas and may be joining me a little late tonight. But it's our pleasure to bring on the uh, assistant coach from the uh, Missouri State Ice Bears. We're going to bring on uh, Coach Cliff Cook to talk a little bit about this upcoming ACHA tournament, of which I will be at for the duration from Friday to Tuesday. So, Coach, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you. I, I dragged you right out of practice, I understand, because <laughs> <laughs> you guys went uh, 845 to 9.45 Central Time. So, first of all, welcome to the show. How are things? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Things are going well. You know, uh, it's been a crazy year, Coach. Uh, the, the pandemic hit, and some teams played, some didn't play. Um, it opened some doors. It created some opportunities. Uh, your team, the only team that was able to uh, to get into the national tournament for the WCHL, uh, quite an accomplishment anyway. Anytime you get into a national tournament, that's what you want to do, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were very fortunate to have been in a position, uh, you know, along with help from the university and our ice rink here to be able to, to play. And, and so we, we know – you know what a tough year it's been for a lot of schools. We'd loved to, we would have loved to have had a full WCHL season here, but uh, you know we're we're excited uh, to get to nationals. You know not only with the auto bid, but we think we did enough uh, to to earn an outright bid with the rankings. So we would like to have been a little higher, but we we like where we uh, finished up for sure. You know, coach, I talked to Wade Regeer up at Minot State about a month ago, and. And I asked him and he's about the, the rankings and where they were at. And he said, you know, uh, in this year, I'm just happy to be there. He said, we'll just yeah. take any game we can get and we'll just see where things fall coming through. But uh, it's not an easy tournament to win. Uh, it, it's uh, probably the most difficult hockey tournament because it's a one and done, right? Yeah, uh, it's uh, I'm not used to that personally coming from the junior ranks. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a going to be different for me but we're you know we're very optimistic and confident uh we've had a good couple weeks of practice here since the season ended and uh you know we're we're confident we ohio's a good program but we uh 
we fully believe when we play the the type of hockey we're capable of playing that we can we can compete with anybody in the country. Okay, so let's start right there. Tell us a little bit about the style of Missouri State. I've seen you guys play in Arizona a couple of times at Arizona and Arizona State. Uh, so I know a little bit about two years ago, three years ago, but what's this year's edition of the Ice Bears look like? Well, I think, and, and you know, just talking to, to head coach Jeremy Law, my buddy Lawsy, a um, little background there real quick. He and I coached together about 10 years ago with the, the Texas Brahmas down in the the old Western States league. So he and I have been close friends for a long time, but, and just talking to him and seeing what we have this year, uh, he, he said it repeatedly um, that this is probably the deepest team he's ever had, which is a great sign. You know, we've, we've yet to put a full 60 minutes of hockey together. I think the closest we came was that uh, unfortunate overtime loss to uh, Lindenwood here at home uh, earlier. But uh, you know, we've also, fully believe we're peaking at the right time as far as style goes you know we're able to kind of play a variety of things just because of the the roster we have and the depth we have we you know i think anybody who's watched missouri state over the years including myself from afar just keeping up with jeremy and knows what our our top line is always capable of with with uh bell Rubin and cooley uh they're they're pretty well known around the country at this point i would imagine yeah Yes, um, they are. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of know, you kind of know what to expect from them. It's, it's the young guys we have this year. We have a lot of freshmen this year that uh, are really starting to figure things out. Like any, any sport, any level, you know, when they're young coming in as, as rookies or freshmen at this level, there's a bit of a curve they, they need to hit a uh, growth curve and they're hitting it at the right time. We think that's what it appears anyways. And so I think our young guys are going to, bring a spark that, uh, you know, the older guys don't need the motivation. They've been there, but it's, I know they get excited when they see the young guys really flying around and making things happen. You know, I'm sure uh, coach Law is the same way, but everybody wants to build from the goal out. They think that's yeah. the best way to build a hockey team. So tell us a little bit about your goaltending. We have a, we have one of those good problems to have, you know, we've got Two veteran guys in Brady Griffin and Bailey Stevens. Uh, Brady's our our fifth year senior. He's our our board president, and then uh, Bailey Stevens, who's a senior this year, he's going to return next year as a fifth year. You know, both have the national experience, both super talented. Uh, and then, if that wasn't enough, we've got Brady's little brother Matt Griffin, who is you know a potential superstar in the making himself. He's a sophomore this year, and and so we're excited for for the future. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we're in good shape goaltender wise, uh, heading into the tournament. We've got, we've got options. It, it, like I said, it's, it's a good problem to have because you sit back and go, well, you know, who, who's the guy right now? We have an idea. Uh, we haven't, you know, said anything publicly to the players yet about what our idea is, but we, we definitely have a, a thought process going into where we think we want to go. Okay. So let me give you a little background about us, right? We're, uh, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and we covered a lot of things in the Southwest, and I slowly expanded with the help of Chris Perry. <laughs> He's kind of dragged me with to get the whole WCA yeah, yeah. So, so I want to make an announcement right now that you're going to be in our coverage area next year, so we're excited to see you guys on a more regular basis. We'll have all I of heard, the WCHL. Yeah, I heard something about that. I, I listened to your uh, chat with, with Chris the other day. Uh, that's That's fantastic <laughs> news, yeah. 
So we're going to do a little promo stuff. We like to do a lot of feature stuff. We don't do a lot of the scores, games. We leave that to the daily newspapers and stuff like that. But we like to do a little more digging into the the meat and potatoes of of your program. So uh, expect to see me a little bit. But the other day I drove through Springfield, um, and as I was coming through, I was like, God, what a great community. I should have stopped. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time because I was on my way out to do the – the NCAA Frozen Four, and now I'm back in Denver. Just finished the AHL, a um, couple of AHL games. So that's a little background on what we do. But um, when you heard that the, uh, the the tournament was going to be held up in Maryville, that's not far from you, is it? No, it's about a three-hour drive. Yeah, it's uh, you know obviously it was originally scheduled to to be out in Boston, which I was excited about. I I love that area. Um, you know, it's, it would have been fun to go out there, even though it's a heck of a drive. But, uh, you know, for us, it, it couldn't have worked out better to, to be in St. Louis. Uh, I know, I think Minot was in the running as well. And, you know, I actually, I like Minot. I coached in uh, Missoula, Montana the last two years and got to spend a little bit of time in Minot watching some North American Hockey League games. It's a, it's a beautiful facility and a, a pretty cool town, but not sure we really wanted to make that drive. So we'll take the... Uh, <laughs> We'll take the three-hour trip to St. Louis for sure, and to Maryville's got a great facility, and you know John Hogan does a great job there. We're we're excited to to get up there in a few days. Okay, so the tournament starts officially on Friday, and then you guys play the morning game, the very first game on Saturday um, yeah. against Ohio. Like we mentioned, we we kind of joked with Ohio, and and I I talked to Chris <laughs> about the rankings, but we said if they lost one more game, they'd have been number four seed. <laughs> yeah it's been uh, you know i kind of I, I listened to uh to chris's podcast quite a bit too about our league and he, hearing him and andrew talk about ohio gives me a <laughs> chuckle every time so have you had a chance to see any tape on them or scout them at all or do you know anything we have about how they play in their style yeah jeremy and i have uh you know we've spent quite a bit of time over the last couple of weeks once we once the final rankings came out, we knew what we had. We've uh, spent quite a bit of time the last couple of weeks going through some some games. It's not they're not the easiest team to find games on, uh, which happens at this level. But right. there's still a couple of Liberty games up with them on uh, ESPN Plus, and then their their uh, conference tournament games at Lindenwood were available, and those are the ones we mainly use. Their games against Iowa State and against Lindenwood, their most recent. So, yeah, we've had a chance. Uh, we saved video for this week. We didn't want to overwhelm the guys. Uh, we've had two and a half weeks of, of practice, uh, as I mentioned right. before. So we didn't want to, you know, go into brain cramp. So we, we kind of spread things out. Uh, we did our video this week on Monday and then again tonight. So I think we're ready. Uh, we've got one more practice here in, in Springfield tomorrow afternoon. A nice team dinner that was set up by a sponsor for us tomorrow night to get everybody together before we head out uh, Friday morning to to get to town. Uh, I know Jeremy and I are going to go up early on Friday to catch the, the Maryville Liberty game um, before we have to go through our COVID testing like everybody else there on site. So looking forward to it. Okay, so you led me right into that question because I was going to ask you, you know, when I talked to Wade uh, in Minot and they played almost all their games and he told me about their school's testing protocol and all of that, and then I talked to uh, Coach Berman at Arizona and he he wanted to play so badly and they just couldn't get anything through the school and Arizona State called their program early. So so what's it been like for for, uh, the Ice Bears? How how is protocol and what's it been like since the COVID 
um, pandemic hit us? Yeah, we so we weren't required by the school or the ice rink here or the state of Missouri or anything like that to, to do, you know, weekly testing or anything like that. We weren't forced to have to require schools coming to us to do the same. I know that's been an issue in other places. Um, and as you know, at the club level, that's, that's almost impossible because of budget oh, restraints. So expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we took the fall off other than our, our coaches cup, which was a huge success, enough of a success that we're going to actually make it an annual event. Uh, that was a lot of fun where we took the, everybody who was coming to try out for both our division one and our division three teams. We, the coaches all got together one night at Jeremy's house, uh, the D three coaches and, and Jeremy and I might've had a few adult beverages in us and then uh, did a draft <laughs> I love it. drafted players and put uh, four teams together and played a, played a tournament over, almost a month long uh, tournament where we were playing a game uh, a week. And then it came down to, you know, a championship game and the championship game, strange enough was myself against Jeremy. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. the assistant, the assistant coach ca- came out on top in that one. Nice. So, so you guys actually played full five on five or did you, did you reduce oh, it to yeah, three it was, on three? It or? was five on full five? five on five. We did, uh, it was like hour long games. If I remember hour, hour and a half uh, games, um, yeah, full, full on games. We got sponsors for the tournament, uh, to help, you know, pay for ice and pay for refs and pay for, uh, we got jerseys done and we even got uh, a trophy place here in town to give us a, not just a small trophy. We got a true coach's cup. We have a coach, uh, a cup I that you can, it. it's awesome. So we, it was so much fun. We, we broadcast the games, our, uh, Steve Casson, our broadcast director, you know, we, we got him up there and his his normal spot and we broadcast the games like they were just a regular old ice bears uh, home game. Nice. That is cool. You know, uh, I've talked to a lot of different people over the, the whole pandemic. And one of the things, uh, uh, Cliff, that I tried to figure out with all these programs, especially ACHA was how was every program staying relevant? Uh, yeah. Cause I really thought that that was important. Um, you know, and everybody's had different ideas. Like, uh, Arizona couldn't get ice, so they did a lot of outdoor things. And UNLV had their regular golf tournament, and uh, you know, uh, Arizona State did their three-on-three run through the uh, the arena. So it sounds to me like you guys were able to stay relevant, which is extremely important, especially at the club level, isn't it? Yeah, and it was. So there was some confusion, and I know I've heard Chris Perry talk about this too, and you know, and I know Jeremy's talked about it in some interviews. We, you know. We made the decision not to play in the fall based on some information we had that ended up changing, which in the end of the day is fine, um, where we probably could have played some games against opponents uh, in the fall. But we, we made the decision. It wasn't in the best interest of, you know, players, staff, fans, and all that to, you know, put any unnecessary risk when it came to the virus. And so we, we kind of kept as close to a bubble as we could. Obviously, guys you know, living in their apartments and going to class, although a lot of the classes like everywhere else were online. But we, we like you said, we needed something to, to stay active, to stay relevant. And we, uh, you know, credit goes to, to Jeremy Law and uh, uh, our Division Three coach. Um, he's going to kill me. My, his, I just talked to him. His, <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those days. It's been a long day. But anyways, they, they came up with the uh, – uh, Cody, Cody Blevins, sorry. God, sorry, Cody. 
Um, they're on the bus right now, actually up to uh, Grand Rapids, but uh, they uh, they came up with the idea for the Coaches Cup, and it you know we talked about it a bit through the summer, and it just kind of evolved, and we did not expect it to be the success it was, and uh, it it not only kept the guys active and relevant, the compete level was there. It wasn't just hey, let's just yeah. go scrimmage in a practice. I mean, we had the compete level super high. And we did it for a solid month. And then we finished up the tournament, did our, our normal tryouts, and started practicing as teams. And by the time that was all done, we're heading into Thanksgiving break and then into Christmas break. So we kind of took care of the fall rather nicely by having that tournament. And, you know, again, we're going to make it an annual event, a little different format. We're going to cut it down to a week or two instead of a full month, uh, you know, just because we won't have that kind of time next moving forward, hopefully. Um, right. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, we had heard some other teams putting together some ideas to to keep the guys active, to keep the guys engaged and, uh, you know, not to toot our own horn. But I I personally think we ended up with the best plan out there because it was just a it was an exciting event. It wasn't just kind of throwing some pucks on the ice and playing shinny hockey. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's a, it's an exciting event. Uh idea and then you it came to fruition right because you got the competitiveness yeah. that you're looking for but okay so so tell me a little bit about you know you've you've had a background in different places but now at ACHA <laughs> D1 level tell me how that stacks up uh with other leagues i mean we know it's not ncaa although there's been well, some guys <laughs> that have yeah. moved on to that but but tell us what that's like and, and what you think of the quality of play well, it's, it's funny. I had this conversation with some guys recently. You know, I've coached at the Tier 3 junior level now for, you know, eight, nine, whatever it is, years, almost 10 years uh, at various leagues and various levels. And as you said, you know, I've been – I've moved a lot more than I care to admit <laughs> for a variety of reasons. But, uh, you know, one of the things I discovered right away, uh, and I didn't even need, you know, opening weekend against – Iowa State to figure this out in January. I figured this out, you know, back in the fall when we were practicing and even even during Coach's Cup. I think, and I hope this changes and maybe, you know, getting to talk about it more will help. I think guys like me, coaches like me at the Tier 3 level, underestimate the quality of hockey that exists at the Division One level in particular. Uh, I would say the same about Division Two uh, and even the top-tier Division Three teams like like I would argue we have here, but I, I think people underestimate the quality of talent that is needed to compete at the division one ACHA level. Uh, I know I did. And again, that's coming from someone who one of his best friends in the world is Jeremy law. Who's been coaching ACHA for four years now. And I, I just didn't grasp just how good it was and why, you know, I struggled to get some of my, you know, really talented top end players when I was, especially the last two years in, in Montana, like I had talented, talented kids and I got coaches telling me, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know. And then I, I came down here to watch and going, man, I, I get it now. And it's not, it's nothing against the players I had in Montana. They were talented players, but I underestimated what this level was truly like. And, and I think that happens a lot. And I, I hope, and it's not even just coaches. In fact, it's not coaches at the tier three, level at all that need to understand that it's the North American League guys and the BCHL guys and all that that real need to understand that it's okay to send guys to Division One ACHA hockey. It's not, 
you know, it's not settling on anything. It's great, great hockey. I mean, you look at teams like Adrian Lindenwood, and I think we're heading in that direction, and you just realize just how talented they are. Well, you know, the WCHL has really come a long way, and I give Chris a lot of credit for that because he formulated a plan, and he'll say that it was the coaches and the universities. But when I started this six years ago, um, ASU had just come off of a national championship and had had made the decision to go NCAA, and all of a sudden things picked up. I mean, I met Chad Berman when he just got on campus down there, and he didn't even know what he had. (laughs) <laughs> for hockey, and right. all of a sudden now you see these powerhouses, right? And and I mentioned that uh, um, uh, guys have moved on, like from UNLV. They sent uh, Cody Williams to France to play professionally when he was done with his time at UNLV, and sure. um, Elijah Baraga uh, played a year at UNLV and then got a con- uh, scholarship. I almost called it a contract. Can't do that. <laughs> he, he got a scholarship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to uh, AIC and participated, and, and not only participated but excelled uh, in on their squad as they moved to the NCAA tournament. So, um, the, yeah, the play has gotten really good, and I do think it gets a bad rap. And one of the things I hate is that I I call our show Club Hockey Selfless Weekly, and I hate using oh, the yeah. term club, but I I couldn't use ACHA <laughs> obviously. Right. Uh, yeah. So so. I just had to differentiate it, but really it's gotten so close. And here's the question I'm getting at. The NCAA has granted an extra year because of COVID to everybody. So there's a bunch of players that are kind of caught in the middle right now and right. for the next four years because they want to come in and play with their, with their NCAA team. But some of the guys are hanging around. Arizona state's a great example of that. But do you think there's going to be some guys that are going to maybe, um, outgrow juniors if you will and need places to play for a year before they go play ncaa and do you think there's a chance that some acha schools will get them oh i I don't think there's any question that'll happen um i I, and again that goes back to though having not even just the players but the the coaches of, of these junior kids understanding it's okay to send them there because i think their first instinct would be hey go played NCAA Division Three, which, again, nothing wrong with that. There's, there's not. It's great hockey. But I would argue ACHA Division One is, you know, I, I, again, I'll probably get flack for saying it. I'm not going to say it's exactly at the level of NCAA Division Three, But I will say the top end teams. You look at the top five teams in the country, and you could argue maybe even top ten are right up there. And, you know, we saw this year, Liberty, and again, I get Long Island's a brand new program, but if you look at Long Island's roster, that's a USA, that's an NCAA Division One roster, may not be the top end talent of a, you know, UMass that just won the national championship, but there's Division One talent on that team from the USHL and from other D1 schools that have transferred in, and Liberty went out and beat them. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, I don't think, I, you know, I think all of us in club hockey, and I, again, I'm with you, I hate that word, but I think all of us in the ACHA were watching that with very, very keen interest to see what was going to happen. Was it either going to be just a, you know, let's make fun of the ACHA parade after they get waxed, or was it going to be what ended up happening? They split the series and played really well and earned that win. And it wasn't that Long Island, you know, lost that. Liberty won that game and earned every bit of it. And it did so much. I think that one game and hats off to Liberty for 
pulling that off, that one game is going to do, I think, so much for the entirety of ACHA hockey uh, that has been needed for a while that those that are in ACHA knew about, knew, knew the talent. And then there was the guys, as I mentioned before, like me, that knew it was good hockey. And I'll give you some background. I started in 1995 after graduating Northwood Prep up in Lake Placid, New York. I went to Iowa State. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was at Iowa State. Um, you know, I was a fairly talented player. Should have been on the roster. Al Murdoch and I didn't see eye to eye. Uh, I, I said this on uh, to Chris Perry. I said I've spent 25 years blaming Al Murdoch for me not making that team. It wasn't Al's fault. Uh, it was my fault. I didn't put in the extra work. I was talented enough to play and talented enough to be a top six forward, but I, I didn't put in the extra work. And it's one of those things I try and instill into my players. Like, don't don't always blame someone else for your lot in life. Uh, it's taken me 25 years to, to realize that I need to take my own credit for things that have happened. But Iowa State at the time was the power. I mean, that was 95. They were winning constantly. Yeah, yep. And yep. That team in 95, when I was there, wouldn't come close to being, you know, where the Adrians and the Lindenwoods and the, you know, and even the Missouri States of the world are now. As good as that team was back then, the level is so much higher now. It's it's impressive. It's very impressive. Okay, so I'm going to bring on my co-host who is uh, incapacitated for a little while tonight, but he's with us now, so... Hey, it happens. You, got, you got Cliff Cook uh, with us, and uh, we're talking uh, basically about the Missouri State Ice Bears. So if you got a question you want to jump in with, Stephen, hop in. Well, sure. <laughs> Incapacitated. <laughs> you, you put that in. I guess that's one way to, one way to put it. Good but, choice uh, of words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good way of uh, – well, thanks. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't know what you guys have – I haven't been able to hear the whole conversation so far, so I guess I'll just start off with – um, you know, we we talk and maybe answer this. Apologies if you had already, but uh, you know, with with you guys preparing for the national tournament this week, obviously you've got that going up. And then uh, what we dealt with last year, how exciting is it? Just you guys are going to be able to have a chance to compete for a championship after what what we've gone through the last year. Yeah, it's I'm so happy for the boys that they get to do this. So there's so much uncertainty going into this year. You know, once we had to cancel the fall, you know, it was it was rough obviously and there was still even once we got a, a schedule put together um that you know that jeremy law and our gm ryan armstrong you know worked really hard to, to figure out uh, i had a little bit of input every now and then but uh being the new guy I didn't i didn't know what <laughs> what we could and couldn't do so but uh you know it, even once we had that schedule in place there was still that uncertainty like until we stepped foot on the ice in, in January uh, here against Iowa State, we just never knew if we were going to get an opportunity to play real hockey this year. And um, and, and to be perfectly honest, and I haven't even said this, Jeremy, if it hadn't have happened, it wouldn't have. If we if we never played this year, it wouldn't have surprised me. It would have been you know upsetting, uh, but it would have in some ways been understandable when you see you know what's happened to you know two thirds of the Division One programs in this country this year not being able to play. So we know how fortunate we are. Uh, we don't take that for granted at all. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to think we're going to represent ourselves really well this weekend. And let me let me follow up with that then. 
you know, as, as you said, it's kind of, you have these kind of moments like it, it hasn't, it's like, you, you know, whether, whether you're going to have a season or not, or whether you're going to be able to, to play. And so now that, you know, you, you've got fr- Friday is the, is the start of the tournament and, you know, still a couple of days for hopefully something doesn't happen, but you know, it's like, it's kind of one of these things where you just, you, you want to, you want to get to the game. And so let's just talk about the last couple of days arriving to uh, Maryville yeah. there and, and what that's been like and, and what that process was like getting ready for this tournament and making sure that, that we can actually get through this tournament and crown a champion uh, uh, on Tuesday. It, it's a, uh, it's a combination of excitement and tension all at the same time. And the tension comes in. <laughs> yeah. The tension comes in from, you know, yesterday, uh, the entire team had to, you know, go to the health center on campus and get a COVID test that we have to have before we, you know, even arrive in St. Louis on Friday morning. And then once we do arrive at Maryville, uh, Maryville's rink there on Friday morning, well, Friday at noon anyways, we get tested again. And, uh, you know, and then we're on the ice for a, a quick practice at three o'clock. But uh, it's, it's nerve wracking. You'd like to think you've done everything right. Uh, and we think we have. The boys have done a good job with, with all the protocols, wearing masks. Uh, you know, they're kind of in their own bubble, so let's not kid ourselves. Social distancing in a locker room is probably not <laughs> happening, but they all live together anyway, so it's hard to social distance when it's a the hockey team. But, you know, there's always that thing in the back of your mind. Is, is someone going to, you know, are we going to have a positive test pop up, you know, when we get the results back from yesterday's test? We get them back tomorrow, and, you know, you're just – your fingers are crossed. You know, if, if my test comes back negative, that's going to really be awful and I'm going to be really upset, but I'd much rather have that than one of the players for sure. Uh, You know, they can go play games without me. Um, So it's, it's nerve wracking. And then again, like I said, we have to do it again Friday once we arrive. And then, you know, if things go well and we make it past the first two rounds, we got to do it all again. We got to test all again before Simi. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's exciting that we're going to get to go play for a national championship, hopefully, and, you know, get to that, that game on Tuesday. Uh, that's the plan. That's the goal, obviously, but there's that tension in the back of your mind of the real world creeping in. And, uh, it's been like that all year though. So it's, it's always been in the back of your mind, uh, ever since this started. I, as I was saying earlier, I spent the last two years coaching up in Missoula, Montana, all of this hit, as my season in Montana was ending last year and I was having to make a move right in the middle of the pandemic, not knowing if I was even allowed to travel. And it's, uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster year, but I, I mean, again, that's for everybody. So my story is not, not unique in any way. Um, and neither is our team. You know, we just, as I said, we've, we're fortunate that we've been able to put a season together uh, and get a chance to do this. Uh, I feel terrible for the teams that haven't. As I said earlier, I, I would love to have played a WCHL schedule this season. Uh, I don't know if the others feel the same, but I, I personally would, you know, again, as the new guy, this is kind of how I feel, really want to represent our conference as best as we can uh, just for those those guys that weren't able to play this year. Yeah, good point. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the tournament because it, it's uh, really – a different style of tournament, but you guys draw the morning, the 10, 15 game on, on Saturday and mm-hmm. knock on wood and cross our fingers that you get through Ohio and you play again. It's another 10, 15 game on Sunday. Um, 
and then things kind of normalize. You get some afternoon and evening games. But uh, are there adjustments that need to be made with your team to uh, deal with a 10, 15 a.m. game? I don't think – I think the only thing that we even discussed tonight, in fact, was literally what we're going to do for pregame meal. That was the right. only difference is, you know, how do we how do we want to handle that? Um, but other than that, you know, I think the guys would agree at the end of the day when you're at a, a national tournament like this, you'll play when they tell you to play. Uh, yeah. It beats the alternative, you know. So um, the alternative is we're sitting at home on our thumbs. But, uh, yeah, if they tell us to – if we had the unfortunate situation where we had to play that Sunday night, 11:59 PM <laughs> game that I know, I know Chris Perry likes to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say this, if that happened, we'd still play the game. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, so you, so are you one of the ones maybe that's not hoping Minot State wins because then maybe you get to play at the team at 11:59, or would you rather have Minot State win no, so you we, can play at a normal time? We <laughs> wouldn't. Kinda... Yeah, we we wouldn't have that game anyways. We're, we, you know, if we take care of business like we we expect to and hope to against uh, Ohio, then we'll get the the Liberty Maryville winner. So oh, that's, um, that's right. Yeah. So, so which would be. I think there's there's a some maybe irony or the hockey god smiling if it ended up being us and Maryville since we've already played each other four times this year. <laughs> so Although it could be worse. Could be worse. It could be Minot and Jamestown who played each other nine million times this year. So <laughs> they got they got real familiar with each other this year. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And they no video no video well. sessions needed there. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so when you look at the full sixteen teams, uh, Cliff, what do you think? Uh, the differences are who do you think is a favorite? I know you're going to say you expect your team to do it, but if you look at, at the Liber- uh, Liberties, the Linden Woods, the Robert Morris, Adrian's go down the list, um, who do you think is the real power? Uh, I think, you yeah, know, and again, taking us out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, because I, you know, we're realistic. Although I think, as I said earlier, I think when we play the way we're capable of, we can play with anybody in the country. And that overtime game with Linden would prove that. So, Right. Um, yeah, I, I fully think that we have every opportunity to win the whole thing. But you know, you know, keep putting that aside. You know, you can't you can't look past an Adrian and a Lindenwood. Uh, you know, those two to me are are the class right now. But they're also beatable. I mean, Ohio beat both of them. Right. Um, you know, that's so. But you know, as far as kind of a perennial powers, you can't really look past those two. And, and you know, like in our situation here at Missouri State, if you're going to win this championship at some point, you're going to have to beat one of those guys. So, sure. um, so you know, we it's not that you know we're going to sit here and, and not take them lightly. We have we have full respect for what they're capable of. We've played Lindenwood four times this year. They've beat us every time. Uh, you know, one was a blowout where we played probably our worst hockey of the year, and you can't do that against Lindenwood because they'll blow you out. But you know, the other games were close, and in particular that, that overtime game that will eat at me probably for the rest of my career with how that thing ended. Um, <laughs> with that awful bounce off the glass when we were on the power play in overtime and kid gets a breakaway out of it. So yeah. with 20 seconds left in the overtime. Um, so that, that one that one will eat at us. But, you know, like I said, it, it's throw all the cliches out there you want, but we play the style of hockey we're capable of playing for 60 full minutes, you know, we think we can beat anybody in the country. And I think 
I don't think there's anybody going to this tournament that shouldn't have that same attitude, quite frankly. Some of them, I think it's unrealistic to think that uh, some of the, you know, and that's just the reality of the situation for us. The reality is we can beat anybody, on, you know, when we play the way we can. All right. I want to, I want to jump in with this. I, I know what the, 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 it's not so much about the records as it is about you know the, t- the strength of the schedule, how the rankings are work. But how I mean, is it still strange <laughs> to see a team that's only won five games in, in the top five? Uh, and, I mean, I mean that's who you guys are playing in first. You're playing Ohio, a team that's only won yeah. five games. But I know, I know, Chris Perry told us it's, it's more to it than that. They played some tough teams. They beat some tough t- top teams. So there's more to that. But it's still kind of strange to see a five and fifteen or whatever yeah. it is team in there, isn't it? Well, and, and from our standpoint. You know, well, first of all, I would argue we played Lindenwood four times, even though, yes, we didn't beat them. We came close. Um, and that one counts as a tie anyway. So really it was three and one or three oh and one if we or oh three and one. Sorry. If we want to get technical as far as how the rankings work. But that's neither neither here nor there. We played Iowa State four times, uh, you know, went one and three against them. We started slow. I, Iowa State's a good program, but we think we should have at least split with them, if not better. And then we had a trip to Liberty canceled because of an ice storm. And that, when you talk strength of schedule, getting to have four games against Lindenwood, a couple games against Liberty, and then four games against Iowa State, you know, conceivably we would have been much higher in the, in the rankings ourselves. But at the end of the day, you, you got to play the hand that's dealt you, and especially this year with, you know, so much uncertainty. Yet, as I said before, you never knew week to week if you were going to get a phone call on a Wednesday or Thursday saying we can't make it you know we've got positive tests so you know i think when it comes to how the tournament is set up and the seedings and all that stuff it's again back to cliches it's anyone's ball game really because it's so it was so hard to determine how to do rankings this year i i wasn't a huge fan of how it was done i know Perry always tells me it's just math. It's just math. Well, I suck at math, so I don't need to hear it's just math. Um, so seems like very complicated yeah, I, math. <laughs> it did. I, that's what threw me off. It, it was it was so confusing to me. And again, I'm terrible at math to, be, uh, to begin with. So and I, I used to be good at math in school, and I lo- and I've tried to figure out how they do it. I read it and stuff, and it's just like it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. But and and again, no, I I don't want. I'm not saying this for bulletin yeah. board material for Ohio, but we are happy with how things turned out. We're happy with with the way the bracket shaped up. Um, again, it wouldn't have mattered to us if it had been different, and we were having to you know play the top teams right away. Although our, you know the reality is we wouldn't have wanted that, but if it happened, it happened. You, again, you have to beat those teams at some point. But we're happy with how things worked out. Uh, you know, Ohio is a good team. We've watched a lot of video, and you know can't argue the fact even though they're 515 and oh or whatever they are those five wins with one exception against a, a, a bad mercyhurst team those other four wins were against top teams so you got to give them credit where credit's due now they also lost 15 of those games but they beat them and we didn't so good for them okay so that's a national tournament wrap up but i'll let you go on <laughs> this one cliff because i know we've kept you for a while now but oh um, no worries Let's uh, let's talk about the WCHL because you haven't had the chance to really experience that just coming in fresh and and getting COVID. But uh, I was personally, and I know Stephen was as well, really looking forward to this season because the additions that were made with uh, Grand Canyon and UNLV and you know coming into uh, 
to the league, I thought, man, this could really be some fun, exciting hockey. So what's the anticipation like, if you can, look past national championships to next yeah. year? And how much do you think that's going to be uh, a lot of excitement and a lot of great hockey games? I think, you know, I, I think from a fan standpoint, it's going to be really, really exciting for our fans to see us playing against new teams like like a UNLV and a Grand Canyon and then obviously in you know in future years against Utah and uh, and then uh, you know they've clearly seen us against Arizona Arizona State and, and all those out I'm speaking more of the teams out west um, but also you know the way they've structured it with the kind of two divisions within the conference is really neat as well because then we'll get you know some more time against uh you know, the Oklahomas and the central Oklahomas of the world and, you know, the Colorado schools and, and, and all that. So it's, uh, it's, I'm personally really looking forward to it for a lot of reasons. I, I, I'm a native Texan, grew up in Texas, but I was an Oklahoma fan, uh, from a football and, and baseball standpoint. And I've got, oh, is that, uh, is that even allowed? Oh, I know everybody <laughs> here knows it. So it's okay. Um, but when we get, you know, trust me, when we square off against those guys, it's, it's on, but, uh, Mainly because I've actually got some former players on OU, and I uh, can't wait to square off against those guys. And uh, but uh, good kids, good families. But it's gonna be fun going <laughs> up against them. And uh, um, no, I'm excited. I think I think the fans will be excited. We we talked about it this year, even when we tried to book that Liberty trip. It's it wasn't just about hey, let's go play Liberty, top team in the country. We would have been their first games after their series against Long Island. Um, wow. So they'd have been coming off their high. It would have been a lot of fun, uh, cool atmosphere out there. But also, as I said before, a chance to play something different, somebody different. You know, sure. you, you know, you you want to be able to to see some different uniforms across from you and uh, give the fans something different to look at. Or uh, yes, you like the rivalries within the conference, but when it comes to the non-conference stuff, uh, it's great to do that. And now within the conference, there's new teams that these fans are going to get to see as well. Grand Canyon will come here next year. We go to Vegas, uh, and I know uh, we're already hearing about parents, including parents of some of our recruits that are uh, committing to us. They're already booking their Vegas trips. So, <laughs> Stephen, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you guys will you guys will love coming to Las Vegas. Let me just say, first of all, it's Vegas, so that uh, do I need to say more yeah. beyond that? But uh, but playing here at you uh, playing at UNLV uh, in the Golden Knights facility practice facility, which is where they play their games, the the atmosphere is always rocking. So it's it's a great environment for for a hockey game, and and for and UNLV of course is a good team, and and, and you guys are good too. So it'll be it'll be good. So it'll be exciting to have have you guys come out this way uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, it should be okay, fun. So we're looking forward to it. I, I know we were definitely looking forward to getting out there this year, but like, unfortunately, that wasn't going to happen. But oh well. Okay, so I always want my guests to uh, end the end their segment by uh, pumping up your your fan base. Tell them what they can expect in this national tournament from Missouri State, and what you expect next year. You, you kind of have already, but speak to the fan base if you can, and, and this is your chance to tell them how good you're going to be. <laughs> well, and one of the fortunate things this year, unlike a lot of schools, again, I keep saying we're fortunate, we're fortunate, and we are. Uh, we were able to have fans this year. It wasn't our normal 1,200 a night, uh, that the sellout crowd that we're used to getting here, or they are, I'm not. But um, we were able to get 325 to 350 fans a night, and, and so they've seen 
the excitement that this team has. I mentioned earlier our depth and our, our young guys that have tons of energy. And then, of course, the, the old reliables of, of Bell, Cooley, and Ruben uh, putting on a show every night uh, and everything. So I, I think our fans are, are fully aware of the up-tempo, uh, exciting style of hockey that they're going to expect to see starting at 10:15 Saturday morning. And, you know, yes, we're losing some of our big names going into next year. Uh, Bell is, is leaving us and Ruben's leaving us. And, and on the back end, Schumacher and Heiserod and, and, and Nett, Brady Griffin, all big-time leaders for a lot of years on this in this program. They're, we're, we're finally moving on. But, you know, I can tell our fans, and they'll start to see more of this uh, as the weeks go on with commitments. But we got an exciting group of guys coming in. Um, you know, a lot of uh, guys from British Columbia area where, where Jeremy's from uh, up in Canada, and then a bunch of guys from St. Louis, uh, from the St. Louis Junior Blues program and others. So it's an exciting time to be a, a Missouri State Ice Bears fan. Um, you know, again, that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but I, I really do think <laughs> it is. Uh, we've got such a, a young, exciting group right now and more to come next year. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Coach, I appreciate your time. I look forward to meeting you in person uh, Friday, maybe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Be, I'll be all the way through. Tell Coach Law that uh, we definitely did not leave him out on purpose. It was, <laughs> it was just a last-minute thing. So tell him he, he did. He already him. did his interview for the day. He got the local, <laughs> local radio station in town. He got his. And he, I think he's got another one tomorrow morning if he wakes up. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it, not only because uh, we think your program is pretty solid, but you are carrying the banner for the WCHL, as I said, in the announcement that you will be part of our coverage area next year, as will the entire WCHL. So best of luck to you. Get some sleep, and uh, and thanks for coming on uh, late night after our practice. That's, uh, That's gutsy right there. I like it. Oh, I'll be. That's the other thing I'm looking forward to next year is I think we're moving our practices to the afternoon. This was our normal practice time, eight forty-five to nine forty-five. I think that's changing next year, so I'll be I'll be much happier with a four four thirty start for sure. I'm too <laughs> I'm, I'm too old for these late nights. This is past <laughs> my bedtime. I hear you. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, and I'll see you this weekend. Okay. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is uh, Cliff Cook, the assistant coach with the Missouri State Ice Bears. Saturday morning, 10-15, they take on Ohio in their first round uh, matchup uh, of the ACHA D1 tournament. We're going to take a quick break. Stephen and I will come back and we'll, uh, we'll talk a little more ACHA hockey to wrap up the show. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, 
Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, our Wednesday night staple, where we lock down the uh, 7.30 time slot. Sometimes we even go later than that when I say 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. But and sometimes, and sometimes co-hosts jump in in the middle of the show and just <laughs> act like it's nothing happened. I was just you just called me out there because I was just gonna try to sneak in there as if I was there the whole time. But I'm sure you had a whole big thing at the beginning of why I wasn't on and oh, you know, I was gonna, you know, I, keep I, the people I, on their I, toes. Okay, who do you think this is, Chris Perry? I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> but you no, are, not you at are, all. You are the co-host, so we gotta have that. But okay, as I always do. After we have a conversation, I know you only got a part of it, but uh, your your thoughts on Missouri State? Uh, we're going to go through the quickly the uh, the tournament uh, schedule again, but your thoughts on Missouri State, uh, Stephen? Right now, I'm in Loveland, Colorado, and I'm ready to run to St. Louis. I'm so excited to watch this tournament. <laughs> well, I, I I'm I'm with you there. Um, I. I didn't want to say this to him because I didn't want to put this kind of pressure on them, but uh, I picked Missouri State to win their first game. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because I, I tend to – my picks tend to not work out. So I, I don't know if me picking them to win is going to be a good thing for them. But I, I, 
I, as I said before, I think this kind of a tournament this year, it could be some upsets that we wouldn't see. We've, of course, imbalance of schedules with teams that maybe didn't get to really play a lot of the, you know, they're playing a lot of the same teams, so they didn't really get a chance to see a different kind of style of play that maybe they wouldn't in normal normal season when they're playing a, more of a, le- a full season with, with more teams, different styles of teams in, in, in their conferences or whatever. So um, some of these matchups, as we've talked about before, I think are going to be real real enticing and uh from missouri state it's it's uh, interesting uh, we know that the tournament starts friday uh sounds like you know not well, on all the t- let's let's go let's go through it right now tell us uh do you have it in front of you or do you want me to go down the list no i have it right here in front of me i mean we okay. we give, give us a breakdown i know we've done it before but it's uh it's getting close now it's uh wednesday night it's time to start um talking about these games on friday morning yeah, well, well, Friday morning, uh, you know, Liberty and Maryville kick it off. Of course, Maryville, of course, hosting it, and and then they get the very first uh, matchup there at at ten fifteen Central Time, and uh, then after that, you got Lindenwood number three against uh, Canisius, number fourteen. Uh, then you got after that, you got Robert Morris against Davenport, the two fifteen matchup, and then the end of the day on on the sixteenth at eight p.m. is number one Adrian and number sixteen McKendry. On Saturday, of course, we just talked about this one a little bit, uh, Ohio, um, which is a team that's a lot better than the record indicates. I'll give them that. They've won only five games, but they did play some tough opponents and, and stuff, So uh, and won a couple of teams against some top teams. So uh, they probably deserve where they are. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, you know, there could have been some difference there. But uh, Missouri State, of course, we just had his assistant coach <laughs> you, you on. You got around that one very nicely. <laughs> you got around that really nicely. It's like... I understand what you're saying. You're paying a compliment, but still, it's five fifteen and oh or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah, okay, and, and we ahead. can't. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we've beaten that enough already. All right, Minot State number six against Calvin number eleven, Saturday at one thirty. Then Indiana Tech and Jamestown the seven ten matchup at four forty five on uh, Saturday, and then Iowa State and Aquinas on uh, Saturday at eight p.m. And um, again, we should mention on. Then of course we get to the um, we get to the, the the eight teams after that. Be down to eight, so you get the quarter quarterfinals. Like well, I guess it's not really quarterfinal yet. Uh, you get the su- Sunday matchups. There'll be four games on Sunday at ten fifteen, one thirty, uh, four forty five, and eight p.m. You'll have uh, the winners of the of course the the, the earlier games, the first round games. Um, yeah. So so the so the winner of game one on. Uh... Friday takes on the winner of game one on Saturday, which is really game five, I guess. Game but, five, right. So, so they will stay in the same time slot, which is why I was asking Coach about that, because uh, some teams uh, play really well in the morning. Some teams don't want to play in the morning, but, you know, it is what it is. Somebody's got to play there, and that's the way things worked out. So Well, and it, 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 it would be better than if you had a team that plays at 8 p.m. one night and has to play real early the next day. It didn't. And then you had another team maybe yeah. that played real early in one morning. Then you get a little bit of extra rest and play. Play at least this way. Everybody's got the same time in between games. Uh, you know, if you're playing the 10:15 game uh, first, you're gonna play the 10:15 game on, you know, Saturday. You know, you're gonna play. But you know, you look at, you really look at the teams that are playing on on Friday, and they have a little bit of a maybe an advantage. I don't know because if if you play on Friday and you win your game, you're not playing the next day. You're getting you're getting a day off. A day off. And right. then you play again Sunday. Now, if you're starting on Saturday, 
then you're playing. You're gonna have to play Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So you play four in a row. So, and that I guess that's why that the top four teams are getting to get that. You know, Adrian Liberty, Robert Morris, and Lyndon Wood are playing. You know, they're playing those games uh, on Friday, and then they get a chance to to have a day in between uh, before they have to play a team that's just played the night before, the night before. But again, you're playing at the same time slot, so that that kind of helps the teams from the the Saturday games, especially because then at least there'll be a, a day in between, you know, instead of having a, where you're playing at 10:15 and then you're having to play either late or or late one day and early the next day. So, well, you know, and before you came on, I was able to get the uh, relevancy question in, and I think Coach explained it really well. They uh, they played a month long Coaches Cup that he said was very very competitive. They they involved all their players that were going to play their Division One team and their Division Three team, and put them all together pick teams and uh and coach cook's team uh, captured the cup so uh he said it was really exciting and you know that's the name of the game is staying relevant thankfully um i believe we're headed in the right direction but um let's get through this national tournament let's crown a champion and uh let's get ready for next season fair enough i i agree um so then um, Monday the 19th will be the uh, the semi the semifinal matchups and the teams are reseeded so whoever the higher of the seeds uh, they'll be they'll be reseeded so it's not a fixed bracket and then uh, the championship game is uh, a Tuesday 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time so that's that's a look at the uh, the breakdown I, I want to mention this because uh, people might want to be able to, there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to go to the game and watch right. in person so there is a way people are going to be able to watch and it's this is a new thing that the acha is is trying with as partnering with it's going to be let me find the article here it's going to be through uh it's going to be through hockey uh tv so you'll be able to watch the uh acha tournament and this is not just for the men's division one let's let's not forget that there's also the women's division one going on there's the division two the division three which are all taking right, place yeah. at different locations the women's actually i believe starts t- tomorrow in my in minot no i'm sorry this is wednesday i think they stay they start friday and then uh or no i think they do start tomorrow the women do and then the men start on friday so um so we wish the women good luck there in their tournament as well as the other divisions that are playing but um, all the all the divisions for the ACHA, which is going to be uh, streamed on Hockey TV, and and it is going to require a subscription. Um, it's normally a twenty nine ninety nine uh, subscription for a month, but you can get a five dollar off promo by using ACHA MTHLY O four two one, ACHA MTHLY O four two one. I, I got a good thing for you. How about you tweet that out for us, and then I'll retweet it. Because <laughs> I don't know if anybody can remember that code. Yeah, uh, but yeah, well, that's it's a great it's, idea. it's on the ACHA website. People looked up. I'll, I'll tweet out the link to this article about it. But um, Hockey TV is the world's definitive online destination to watch ice hockey live and on demand. It's going to be streaming all 69 games of the four divisional ACHA 21, uh, 2021 national championships. Um, but also, people can have, a, like I said, when this is a monthly pass, so in addition to having the ACHA playoff games, they may be able to catch some uh, um, NAAL, some European professional league, some other hockey stuff that's that's going on as well during this, so people can see some other hockey action as well. And uh, so there, that's it for so Hockey TV. Uh, in the past, it's been on, and they're going to try this partnership with Hockey TV, and, and when he's talked to John Hogan, obviously, he's not, you know, it seems like the Maryville uh, people are going to be involved in helping bring in this this content on uh, the broadcast on so it should be should be good and uh, I think that was that was it oh and I also want to mention one other thing too let's get this in 
um, is the bracket contest. Chris Perry mentioned it when he was on our show last last week, and they and they've been. And so we'll remind people about that that there is a a bracket contest going on. If you want to go, if you go to the ACHA's Facebook page, and and look for it, there's a, there's a thing thing about it, and there's apparently some prizes there. We don't know what the prizes are, but uh, could be could be good. But you basically can pick the winners, like a, like an NCAA March Madness basketball bracket where people try to pick all the matchups. You could do that as well with this. And if you're good at predicting, then or if you're better at predicting than the others, then you could win a prize and, uh, and have bragging rights and being able to be the expert ACHA tournament uh, predictor. Oh, very good. That's some good stuff to have around. Um, as I mentioned, I'm in Colorado. Just finished watching an AHL game where I actually got through two periods before I left, and the Colorado Eagles were up 4 nothing and really putting the heat on the uh, Bakersfield Condors. I also took a trip down to Colorado College or um, Colorado Springs, went to the Air Force Academy for a Sunday special feature coming up soon, and uh, had a chance to visit in at the NCHC offices, which is, man, there's a reason why they're the best conference in, in NCAA hockey. So I know this is club hockey, but you know what? There's some teams that are moving up, and uh, the NCHC is, is top of the ladder as far as I'm concerned. So. Well, how about uh, Chris Perry on our show a couple weeks ago uh, saying that an ACHA team is likely going to make the uh, the jump to the NCAA? Was it Lindenwood, I believe, is what it was? Uh, yeah, going yeah, to... they'll in two years. So two years. They're going to be the host of the tournament next year, so obviously it wouldn't look good to uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make the jump while you're hosting it. Yeah. So uh, I think it'll be a hybrid season for them this year, and then next year, uh, the following year, they will yeah. – uh, play a full NCAA schedule, but they're already getting some commits. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that have said they're looking forward to playing there on the D1 NCAA team. So this is a chance for Lindenwood to go out in style and try to win back-to-backs if they can. So a lot of, uh, a lot of side stories, and I'll try to stay up uh, abreast on them all when I'm uh, in St. Louis for the next five days. So anyway. Um, yeah, it's exciting. So you're going to be in St. Louis. I'm, I'm, I'm here in Vegas. We're, Still trying to keep COVID safe, and and I'm, of course, also going to be focusing on the Silver Knights as they got a series with the Tucson Roadrunners this week here in, in the Orleans Arena. In fact, it starts That's tomorrow. Gonna be good. That's going to be good. You I got wish I the, was there, but well, you got the Silver Knights. Everywhere. Yeah, you can't be everywhere, but I, I you know, as, as much as you try. Uh, so I'm going to be holding down the fort here. But yeah, you got the Silver Knights are 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 playing well, although they've they've kind of struggled a little bit, if you want to call it that. They've went three and three on a six game road trip that was their longest road trip of the season. You got Tucson, who has had their struggles of of late. You know they've they've had their struggles, um, especially at home. They they've been really struggling, but but you know they're 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 trying to just be competitive, and and they've been in some tough matches. They did take the Silver Knights final game in the series in Tucson, so they. They did win the one of those three there, but uh, but don't count them out. I mean, it's it's it, you got to be your best every night, and if you're not, anybody can beat anybody in the in the in, especially in this division because it's it's a good division. I mean, look at Bakersfield. They started off at like 05 and 06 or something, and now Bakersfield all of a sudden was knocking at the door of the Silver Knights. Only about three or so games back, I believe, or six points or so back. And of course, sounds like they lost tonight to Colorado, so uh, so that helps the Silver Knights. But who would have thought? You know who would have thought? You know, and and Silver Knights are still well, kind of comfortable, but but you're gonna play Bakersfield five times still. They they lost in Bakersfield a couple of times, so I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the Silver Knights had this great start to the season, but all of a sudden now it's gotten a little bit tighter. So, well, let let me tell you something. I got two comments to end it on on AHL stuff, but I heard today on the radio that that people were saying like. 
the AHL seems a little watered down right now because um, it, it seems like a more upper level ECHL because of the taxi squads. That so and and the, and you're not playing and you're not playing. You know, you're playing with some teams are only playing yeah. four teams at, the whole year. Some are playing. Yeah. You know, I think exactly. the, the, the give credit to the Pacific Division because almost every team has been able to play Stockton. Did move to play in Canada where their where their affiliate is Calgary, but other I mean, but the other division teams have all played. But there's some teams that are stuck only playing three or four teams because of the quarantine and the and the border restrictions and everything. So and and regionally and then, and then and the stuff, other so. thing, the other thing you were talking about is the the changes in the competition. Well, there's been an influx of uh, NCAA players signing their pro contracts and ending up on. Uh, AHL rosters, which has made them really good. I'll tell you right now, tonight, I saw uh, Colorado Eagles with uh, Sampo Ranta that came from the University of Minnesota. He was starting. Um, I saw Callahan uh, Burke from Notre Dame, who scored his first goal last night and scored the first goal of the game tonight. And, um, you know, so there's an influx of players coming in now that's really picking up. Um, and, and depending on where they fall in their professional systems, that's why you're seeing the teams like Bakersfield and all these other places, the competition's getting hot and heavy right now. And how about the Hobie Baker winner, Cole Caulfield? Already had it, he, that night. He, he was announced as the the, the Hobie Baker winner, and then uh, he played with his the, the, one of the Canadian uh, AHL teams up at Toronto or something. I don't forget which one, but Lavelle, um, Lavelle. Lavelle, yes, Lavelle, and and they already he already had scored a goal in that game. I think he had maybe a couple he's gonna goals. Be, so he's he's going to be really good. He's going to be a Canadian. Uh, players yeah and, and they're already yeah they're already talking yeah they're already talking they were talking about getting him in in the montreal canadians lineup uh even before the end of the this season so yeah it's just yep. pretty pretty crazy yeah, and then you got player. yeah and then you got uh cody glass who's joining the silver knights again and, and what he'll bring there and and it's just uh it's an exciting time but you know we're we're getting off track a little bit here but yeah but this there's yep. some good good stuff here going on and um we'll look forward to your your stuff from uh uh, Maryville there all weekend long. Maybe we'll do some social media lives and stuff, Instagrams and stuff to every yeah, day. Yeah, we'll figure out something. I think I think that's going to be engaged. important. So yeah, yeah, we'll try to so figure pe- out something. To so do. people stay so tuned keep- to the the social media channels. Uh, I think there's like 50 of them now that we've that we have for, for our stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done it. We, you, you just created one for the AHL stuff, so we'll we'll, we'll try to turn that out. And and of course you've you've got the, the the regular ones, Ice Time SW and ITHSW podcast. I think you've got one now that you've created for yourself. So, so yeah. So keep keep let, <laughs> let's use Ice Time SW as the main one for the for the ACHA tournament yeah. because that's where they've I've done all my stuff on yeah. for them. So we'll stay there and I'll let you take it away. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Uh, Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. 
Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona by M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line. Serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. All right, we'll say uh, we'll say that was a little premature. <laughs> we'll say let's, we'll let's say recap. Let's, so, who's your pick to win uh, the tournament? Let's recap. Let's uh, refresh our our listeners. You you pick in. Uh, I pick Minot State, but I, Minot... I expect I expect Missouri State to win twice, uh, their opening okay. game and their second game. So have, there's my WCHL pick. But I think Minot State's a team that's going to surprise everybody. They've played the most games. They've played the. Um, you know they're the defending champions, and they play the tough, most games, so. but they've played the same team about half of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, but but it's about repetition yep. and playing and being yeah, I, being I involved, and, and that's something yeah. they've been able to do. So that's no, my pick. How about and you? they're good, and they're a good team. They're they're well coached, and obviously have great leadership, and they've they've been there before, even in normal times, and they want they've obviously they're the defending champs, so they certainly would be a favorite to win it. I I. As I said, I, I want to root for an underdog this year. You know, this is kind of a tournament this year where, where you might see some upsets and maybe at least see some teams make make a run. I, I was bold and I said I was hoping that Maryville would would beat Liberty, so I'm I'm gonna pick pick that. Uh, to win it all, it's 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 tough. I guess I I would go with a, um, a Lindenwood, I guess, or or one of those teams or an Adrian. But it seems you, you, so. What you're telling me is you go with one of the sixteen that are playing. To win it all, <laughs> as I said last week, Scott, I, 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 my, my goal, my hope is that the tournament can go through, and that it completes, and that when we are on this show here next week on Wednesday, we are talking about an ACHA champion. That is what I hope for. I mean, and yes, we, we want to, we want to see stuff, a winner, and, and and these teams are going to battle it out. But after what we've been through the last year, and that we're this close to now getting an ACHA tournament going, and a, and a winner. And a champion, a new champion, or maybe it's the same champion if Minot State wins, then that's what I will hope for and hope to see uh, accomplished. And and you're going to be there for that, so that that's really cool. So that's that's what I'm going to hope for. I I know I'm kind of okay. kind of escaping picking a, a winner, but yeah. But, but I I, I wanted to see the, I want to see the tournament happen that we see a champion get crowned, and that and that we can move on and and, and get ready for a full ACHA season because. Uh, you know, as, I, as as we kind of end things, Nevada. They just announced the governor announced here that um, in June, we're hoping all the COVID restrictions will be lifted, minus a mask mandate, but all the, hopefully have a hundred percent capacity and and people are getting vaccinated and stuff. So uh, that there's good news on the horizon there. So we get through this tournament and we can start preparing and and have a normal quote unquote normal ACHA season in the fall. Absolutely. Okay, let's say goodnight by uh, thanking uh, Cliff Cook, the assistant coach at Missouri State, for joining us tonight. 
And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody at the national tournament in Maryville starting Friday. We'll say good night.